Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. We have surgical robotics and BCIs in the news again, but we do also have an update about what we talked about with Boston Scientific yesterday. So, Sean, what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, we'll talk about news from OrthoFix launching a new fixation system. Neuralink opening recruitment for its first in-human trial, CMR Surgical's massive funding round, a potential antitrust investigation coming from the European Commission in MedTech, and what Boston Scientific CEO sees for growing the company to the next level. So what's the first thing that we should know for today? We'll start with OrthoFix and the launch of the new fixation system as the first cases were also performed. It's good to see the company quickly getting back to normal operations under its interim leadership after we discussed last week. They terminated three executives. What does this latest system offer? The latest Galaxy product offers stable external fixation. It comes in several sterile procedure kit configurations for a quick off-the-shelf solution to treat fractures resulting from trauma in the lower and upper limbs. So obviously that's what it gives patients. What benefits does it offer surgeons? Well, OrthoFix stressed that those sterile kits eliminate the need for sterilization of trays, which can take an average of 139 minutes. So in addition to that time consumption, sterilization adds cost, can cause operating room delays. So this gives surgeons more efficient solutions and more efficiency in lower extremity trauma. The ankle kit has a double multi-screw clamp to facilitate rapid insertion of tibial half pins. Foot support and first metatarsal sterile kits complement the ankle kit when surgeons need a more robust construct. So it seems like it's a really versatile offering that should improve not only efficiency in the OR, but efficiency on cost as well, which everyone is a fan of, I think. What are executives saying about this? Kim Elting, OrthoFix president of Global Orthopedics, said the company is excited to expand its external fixation offerings in the U.S. for trauma through the introduction of the Galaxy Fixation Gemini system in several sterile pack configurations. The streamlined pin-to-bar configuration is the latest example of the company's leadership in sterile kit solutions, which improve OR efficiencies and meaningfully decrease costs for the hospital and for OrthoFix. Now let's talk BCIs. Yeah, they keep popping up in the news. Neuralink opened recruitment for its first in human brain-computer interface trial. It's more exciting news for Neuralink, which is obviously one of the most notorious names in BCIs, as it's backed by notorious entrepreneur Elon Musk. What will this study assess? So the first in human trial, titled the Prime Study, evaluates the company's fully implantable wireless BCI and the delivering surgical robot that accompanies it. It assesses the initial functionality of the BCI for enabling people with paralysis to control external devices with their thoughts. According to a blog post on Neuralink's website, people who have quadriplegia due to cervical spinal cord injury or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS, may qualify. Can you tell us a little bit about Neuralink's implant? Yeah, so the N1 is what the implant is called. It's about the size of a coin. It's remotely rechargeable and goes along with electrode-laced threads that go further into the brain. The R1 robot that delivers it is programmed to implant the BCI while avoiding vasculature. So the company designed a system to enable a user to control a computer or mobile device wherever they go. So I know we've talked about Neuralink on the podcast before. What has it been like for the company to get to this person human trial point? Yeah, well, a lot of promises that maybe weren't delivered in immediate fashion and a lot of 
scrutiny for sure. Um, I think that comes along with anything Musk tends to do. But Neuralink is currently going to conduct its prime study under investigational device exemption. Musk had previously tipped it for FDA approval for human trials three years ago. So the company obviously failed to meet that initial goal. Last year, Neuralink and the University of California Davis faced accusations of egregious violations of the Animal Welfare Act, citing documents obtained through public records, alleging that Neuralink caused extreme suffering in monkeys. Actually, in between you know all this happening and this news coming out yesterday, Musk actually posted on X because of increased scrutiny about those monkeys, saying that no monkey died of a Neuralink implant. I should know X, formerly Twitter. He said that to minimize risk, the company chose terminal monkeys that were close to death already. So yeah, uh, make of his statements, whatever you will. But the company did, despite all that scrutiny, pick up the investigational device exemption that it needed to conduct the study in May. Interesting. Now let's move on to surgical robotics. Yes, CMR Surgical raised $165 million to support its surgical robot. A huge funding round for the UK-based surgical robot maker, which also hit a milestone for that Versius system. We seem to be talking about a lot of surgical robotic funding rounds lately. What does this surgical robot do? Yeah, so Versius is a small-scale system with collaborative arms and bedside units for direct patient access. It also features freedom of port placement to best suit the needs of each patient. According to CMR Surgical, it enables surgeons to perform more minimal access surgery. It offers patients access to the highest quality of surgical care with a minimally invasive approach that assists surgeons as they access the lungs, thymus, and esophagus. What will the funds be used for? CMR Surgical earmarked the funds to drive continued product innovation, including new technological developments. It wants to support further commercialization for Versius in existing and new geographies, and it wants to make its minimal access surgery technology universally available increase the number of robotic procedures globally. What was that other significant milestone that you mentioned? Company said it hit more than 15,000 surgical cases performed globally with the Versius system. So given that it announced the completion of 5,000 procedures last year, it's, you know, about doubled its volume over the past year. So quite the milestone. What's the next thing that we should know for today? The European Commission potentially sees antitrust activity in medtech. We'll keep an eye on this one to see if any further details come out identifying the company under scrutiny, but there could be, you know, a big company under investigation very soon. There's a lot to sort of unpack here. There's a lot we don't know still. So tell us a little bit about what that European Commission announced. Commission said it conducted a surprise inspection at an undisclosed medtech company active in the cardiovascular space citing concerns that the inspected company may have violated EU antitrust rules that prohibit abuses of a dominant market position. So are unannounced inspections typical in these kinds of investigations? According to the European Commission, unannounced inspections are a preliminary investigative step into suspected anti-competitive practices. The fact that they carry out such inspections does not mean that the company in question is guilty of anti-competitive behavior, nor does it prejudge the outcome of the investigation itself. I would say, based on that statement from the European Commission, that this is something they do in anticipation of a potential investigation, so it might be common in these cases. Interesting. Have we seen any other antitrust cases in the EU recently? Yeah, one we've discussed actually probably a few times by now on this podcast, the uh, proposed merger between Illumina and its former spin-out Grail. I think the most recent news we actually discussed was the finding of the company worth 
$478.9 million from the European Commission after they completed their merger in August 2021 before the commission had actually determined if the deal was anti-competitive. So it's also facing scrutiny in the U.S. That European Commission thing is still ongoing. There was an appeal in the works. So it is, it's not the last time I think we'll be talking about the European Commission on this podcast. And what's the last thing that we should know for today? The last thing is that Boston Scientific is targeting mergers and acquisitions and AI to reach what it calls the next level. So the company hosted its investor day today, and it was full of many insightful nuggets about its plans for the future. What did Mike Mahoney have to say about the strategy behind all of these acquisitions that the company's been doing recently? Yeah, it was quite good timing that the company got to talk about the strategy only a day after announcing its plans to acquire Relevant Med Systems, as we spoke about on yesterday's episode. Mahoney says the company is targeting category leadership as a key enabler for the business to grow. So the Relevant buy was an example of that. He says Boston Scientific has the broadest, most comprehensive portfolio for key position call points and said M&A continues to be a focus area, reinforcing category leadership, moving the company into faster growth markets. He said they've acquired over 40 companies or so in the past 10 years, most recently with Relevant. He even said, you know, a few haven't worked out, but the majority of the Tuckin M&As have improved the company's innovation cadence and weighted average market growth. How does the company envision using AI? Mahoney touched on some of the company's products that use AI. It spans many of its business units, saying you'll see a lot of examples of digital and AI embedded in the products, active AI, not just talking about it, but being used every day. What kind of stuck out to me from the event was how Boston Scientific wants to incorporate it on the business side as well. The company's working on what it calls the Omnichannel Strategy, an AI-based sales and marketing platform for bringing together touch points from different platforms, feeding data through an AI interface to deliver the right messaging and education at the right time to the right channel. It also has an e-commerce platform and an expert link suite of tools and technologies to enable remote service and support, both of which utilize AI to enhance the customer experience. So a lot of different ways AI is being used, and it was almost refreshing to hear sort of you know moving away from just, oh, this is how this product uses it. it was, this is how we're using it to enhance our business as well. So where is Boston Scientific emphasizing growth outside of the U.S.? China. Uh, Mahoney stressed the company's efforts in China, saying that the country is one of the most attractive medtech markets and highlighting China's unmatched growth scale and innovation ecosystem. Procedure growth is one thing they noted, especially in percutaneous coronary interventions. PCI, especially attractive point as demand rises, which is what Jun Chang, the president of Boston Scientific in Greater China, said. There are complexities to deal with, but the company is confident of navigating them. Chang said they know it's not an easy market to play, but it's a compelling market. So they stand firm on their commitment, constantly recalibrate and refresh their approach, maximize potential, focus on the core, focus on highly differentiated product technology, and find new ways to grow. So she said they believe they're in a very, very strong position to win out in China, and they have the best team on the ground to deliver that. I want to stress that Sean really went in depth with this investor presentation and he listened to the whole thing. So there's a lot more insights online. But Sean, where can people find that? You can find it on Mass Device. You can find all these stories on Mass Device. So please check out the Mass Device website. And if you'd like to read the show notes, go to massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. Where can they find you, Sean? 
You can also find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Thank you.